This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland here in the studios at Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm excellent. Can you believe it? This is two Saturdays in a row we have been in the studio. It's crazy and always nice to be only a sheet of plexiglass away from you. <laughs> Between us. It's funny, Frank and I used to sit side by side, yeah. and, and when he'd piss me off, I'd like be punching him and punching. <laughs> poking That's him. That's why I sit on the other side of the, the plexiglass. Yeah, the poking in the ribs thing. He yeah. was always complaining about yes. how much I hurt him. Very, very I funny. Know. How was your week? It was great. Spring is in the air. Woof. Mm-hmm. And it was a windy week. I found that. It was kind of exhausting yes. being outside at my place. It's uh, always windy, but it yeah. was particularly windy this week. So just stepping out the front door is like, oh, I'm tired. I have to go back in. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But you know what? Even with that wind, it is remarkable yeah. how the flowers just, nothing seems to stop. They can get through anything uh, and they uh, just stay there. They just stand there. Well, for it's sure. true. I mean, we're, it's a late spring this year. Yeah. It's been cool. So I'm looking at the only flowering things I got going on at my place right now are still the, the snowdrops, which are supposed to have come up back last March. Yeah. So it's a, it is a bit of a late spring, but lots and lots of green, lots of plants that are ready to go, the little hyacinths, you can see the buds just yeah. wanting to pop. I will tell you about the flowers that I've got. I first want to give out the numbers, yeah, though. Do that, yeah. yeah, yeah, because we'd love for you to call in with any gardening questions you have, uh, indoor or outdoor questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 416-360-0740 is the number that you use if you live in Toronto or anywhere else in the province of Ontario. It is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because then he lets us no, and then we give you your garden wings. Ooh, baby. Well earned, yes. Yes, indeed. And, uh, of course, the mantra here, call often, call early, and please, one question per call. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, so did I tell you what I did last night? Uh, you did. Oh, okay. Shall I, I tell you again? I want to hear the details. <laughs> I want to hear the details. So last night, I came into Toronto yesterday uh, because it was my birthday, and traditionally, my brother takes me to a ball game for yes. my birthday. He's a huge baseball fan. We've been doing this since the 80s. I mean, you know, back exhibition, exhibition stadium days. Right. So one game every year with my bro off to the Jays game. And again, I mean, I hate to toot my own horn and how much luck I bring to the team, but... <laughs> but, but you're going to do it. Go One ahead. more time. <laughs> I was there and they won. Wow. It has, they've never lost yet. Really? When I'm yeah, In never. 40 years? In 40 years. And you still know nothing about baseball? I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, one might think, you know, it would, be, it would be like this, in all fairness, Charlie. It would be like me listening to the garden show 40 times and not knowing anything about gardening. No, no, and no. So, baseball, it's the intricacies. It's and gotcha. my brother's one of those, those 
baseball nerds. Yeah. Right? So he's showing me because it's all new screens at the um, oh at okay the, yeah whatever it's called now. And it was you know so over here, look over your left shoulder. We've got this stat that tells us. I'm like I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. But he's really good at, at anticipating the play. So yeah. instead of me always being gazing off to the you know the seagulls, he says, okay, watch the guy on second because he's going to try and steal third, and then there's going to be this, and that's going to happen here. And it invariably goes just the way he said it was going to. So, so. he understands baseball like you understand plants. <laughs> Pretty much, right. yeah. Okay, yes. gotcha. It's, it's his passion, for gotcha. sure. With that, we are going to take a quick break, but we do have callers on the line. My goodness, the lines are lighting up. We will be right back right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Here we are back on The Garden Show. And as I mentioned before we went to break, my goodness, the lines are lighting up. So let's, yeah, You should ahead. introduce yourself. Yeah. Dean Holland. Dean Holland, which yes. I did at the top of the show. Okay, I just yes, thought I did, but thank you, you know, very much. Yes. Also, you know, also a a very novice baseball player. I, <laughs> I enjoy going out to the ball game. There you go. A few years ago, we were heading down to, my friends and I were heading down to do a show in Massachusetts. So we mm. went to see a Red Sox game. Nice. And I sat, sat by the big green monster. Okay. And had, a, you know, the, the Sam Adams beer and a big hot dog. There you go. It was great. Ah, that's Live it. Life. <laughs> <laughs> I did, had to have somebody explain the game to me, but I enjoyed the <laughs> I understand the, the basics. It's just the yeah. intricacies. I'm Absolutely. Not so up on. Okay. Uh, let's go to our first caller. Yes. We've got uh, Barb on the line from Aiton. How are you this morning, Barb? Oh, hi. Good morning and happy Easter weekend to you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I was just wondering, we have an older privet hedge and we have some bare spots, mm-hmm. a, a bare spot in it. Uh, can you start, um, like I'm told that if you go to just another plant, it won't be the same kind. Um, can you start uh, like uh, oh, cutting? Yeah. Sure. Sure you can. So you have a, like one dyed. There's an actual hole in the hedge where there's a missing shrub. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if it's just a regular privet, Amur privet, A-M-U-R privet is the common name. And if it's just that, it's very likely you could go to any garden center and buy one. It be, might be hard to plant, though, because it's going to be a lot of roots in between the other shrubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, but starting a cutting can work, no question. I wouldn't do it yet. Wait another, oh, six weeks or so, and then take a six-inch tip cutting from your hedge, because it'll be growing by then. So you'll take a soft, green, flexible, new growth cutting. So as soon as you've got that, it might be more than a month, it might be six weeks or so, you're going to cut that off, remove the lower leaves, and then just into a jar of water or a, you know, moist sand, moist perlite, get some roots growing, that'll happen fairly quickly, and then into the ground, it'll take a few years for it to really fill, but it will, it'll work. Uh, sorry, uh, there was a clicking on the line, I couldn't understand what you said. You said to take about a six-inch cutting. Uh, a six-inch cutting? Yep, yep. Um, no bigger, oh. no bigger than six inches. Four to six inches is the rule when you're taking cuttings. Okay, and in, only in about six weeks. Well, wait until it's growing. Wait until you've got new growth. Right, right now, if you look at your hedge, it's got last year's growth. The, the woody stems are from last year. Yeah. You'll get faster roots from a softwood cutting, and softwood is new growth. So that'll be green stem. Okay, like, uh, would you put it right in the ground, or would you root it in water first? I'd root it first. 
Oh, root in water? You could try. Yeah, it'll, it'll root in water. Once once you've got that cutting, it'll root very quickly. Just anything moist. Moist sand, perlite, vermiculite, even a jar of water. Okay, good All luck right. on that, Barb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks that so much for your call, no Barb. no problem. Say, if it were me, I would just, you know, start to cut out every every two bushes. I'd cut another one out. <laughs> <laughs> <Make a pattern. laughs> I mean, the other thing, of course, is old privet hedge, Barb said. Yeah. The, the rule there of thumb was old. When something's old, it tends to get really woody and yep. thin and not very pretty. And you'd be surprised how tough privet as a hedge is. That's why we use it for hedging. Right. People, I have seen them cut down to three inches tall. In the spring, like right now, yeah, yeah. before it starts to and grow, the whole thing grows right back, back up, up beautifully thick and lush. And that would be obviously an optimal time to be able to tuck one in as well. Yeah, nice. Mm. Okay, I uh, got another caller on the line. Let's go to uh, North York for this caller. We're going to go to Alice. Welcome to the show, Alice. Good morning, Charlie. And uh, I'm calling regarding my tulips. I've had them for quite a few years, and they're facing the sun from 7 in the morning till the evening. And they're about five, six inches tall. There's not a bud on them. Last year was the same thing. I got about 10 or 12 tulip blooms. Right. So lots of leaves, but no flowers. No, they're beautiful bushes. I have over 100 bulbs. And But you planted them quite a number of years ago. Yes. So you know what's probably happened? So... The, plant, the, the bulbs you planted were that, call those the mother bulbs, and they probably bloomed beautifully for three to four years, which is what they do. These are high, highly hybridized, highly bred plants, and they're beautiful for a couple of years. But they don't last because baby bulbs grow off the bottom of the mothers. The mothers tend to get uh, a really, um, what's the word, crowded out by all those babies. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with is all those l- small bulbs, lots of leaves, and... It will take a number of years before those little bulbs are mature enough to produce flowers. So you end up with a couple of years of green. What the people can af- who can afford it will do is they rip them all out and start again. They don't try and grow them up and sort of go through all those years of green. Or you could uh, go in, wait, a, wait another month or six weeks, eight weeks even, uh, and you can separate them out. By separating those little babies out, giving some space between them, okay. you'll have better luck next year for flowers. And uh, can we plant the baby ones again sure, right absolutely. away or wait yeah, for the fall? I would do it right away and then it's done. But you can always wait till the fall, just keep them somewhere dry, uh, you know, out of the rain and, and preferably cool. Just, you know, not refrigerator, but not hot. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you, Alice. Yeah, have a nice Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Charlie, what's your brother's name? Gord. Gord. Well, see, you are you are like you are like Gord with baseball. You just you know, <laughs> we just you just know people just call and you Is, know. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. I have been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Even though I've been going to baseball games for a while, yeah. one game a year doesn't count. No, and enough. I never watch on TV. You got it. I'm a Raptors fan. Oh, you're a basketball girl. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm going to give out those numbers again, and then we have to take a short break. Uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Uh, toll free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 866 We will be right back for more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio with Charlie Dobbin. Yes, indeed. And uh, we are, the, the phone lines are lighting up, so we're going to get right to a call. I'm going again to North York. Yeah, very patiently in line. Welcome to the show, Rita. Oh, good morning. 
on this lovely, lovely mm. sunny day, and my Truly. little cardinals sitting there eating their food. It makes you happy. Totally. My problem is, I just like to know when can I just trim my big cedar hedge. Because I remember one year you said you had to do it before June. No. Okay, so if anybody's listening who has their own philosophy on trimming cedar hedges, I'm sure they're going to yell at their radios right now. My, what I do with cedar hedges and uh, to any of the evergreens, the trimming takes place when they're actively growing. So active growth on a cedar hedge is usually June. It could be early June, could be late June. It's when all that bright, bright emerald green flush of growth starts happening so it's at that point if you're going to do some shearing that you'll get out your big you know edward scissor hand type shears or your electric blades and you'll go out there and you'll do your shearing before that though you can always go out today <coughs> excuse me put on your gloves and comb your cedar hedges comb your cedars take out the dead stuff anything that's broken the dead the diseased, the damaged, can be removed at any time. But to shear for shape, wait till it's actively growing. Okay, then. And I, I think you said at one time uh, it, it would be better if you did it today and it's going to rain tomorrow. Is that right? Well, don't do it when it is raining. And we try no. to do... when it. Remember when we prune anything, we're wounding it. Even if we're taking away dead stuff, we're still opening up a wound. So we try to ensure that that wound can heal... Uh, as well as possible in as dry of an environment as possible, as quickly as possible. So <clears throat> it's always nice to not have rain for at least a day or two after oh. we do a big pruning job. Okay, then. Thank you. Happy, happy Easter. Okay, thank, thank you. So much, you. Yeah, thanks, Rita. Thank you. You too. We have very, very, very big uh, cedar hedges along one side of our property I that bet. divide and uh, <laughs> like nine feet tall. Oh, okay. you know, and, I've seen uh, them 20. Yeah, they're huge. And wide, you know. Yeah. And the, our neighbor work. over the years has been very, very kind. Because, uh, he oh. lived there before we moved in, so he always trims them. So they're oh. always sort of the same. And are they green right to the bottom, right down they to the ground? They are pretty much green right to the bottom. Yeah. That's great, because that's what people lose when they don't prune properly. The top part starts shading out the bottom part. I see. And then you end up with naked legs on your cedar hedge. Right. Like lots of nice bark, yeah. but no green. And then a whole you know green top knot on top, yeah. which isn't really what you're striving for with a hedge. With a hedge, no. you want it green right to the bottom. But I got to tell you, my, our cedar hedge is like a city. Because birds are always oh, nice. in there. I would be fearful of trimming it now. Yeah, yeah. Because, my goodness, honestly, there's there's got to be nests all through that. That's great. And I think the rabbits like to burrow under there as well. Oh, so. yeah, it's a yeah. great uh, shelter, right? Yeah. We, you know, yeah. That's one of the reasons we grow our gardens is to provide yeah. shelter for wildlife. Oh, it's working. It's yeah. a city, I'll tell you. <laughs> nice. Okay, who we got next? Yeah, we've got uh, Gail. We're going to Gail in uh, Balsam Lake. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Gail. Thank you. Hi, Charlie. Hello. I brought my geraniums in for the winter, and then I really neglected them, gave them a bit of water. So now um, I'm taking off all the little dead parts, and the le- or the stems have gone woody. Could I just cut off some of those um, woody stems and plant them in a small pot of soil? What I would do with last year's geraniums, because if you have you are they in any sun? Have you got any green growth on them at all? New growth. Yes, quite a bit, and even flowers. Oh, there you go. 
If you love those geraniums, now is the time to cut off all that lovely new fresh green growth. Root it. Put those little cuttings in a jar of water. You'll have roots in a week. Start all those new little baby green, soft, succulent plants for going out in the garden once we're frost-free. And ultimately, you might want to keep what you've cut down, you know, that old original, what we would call the mother plant. And it will be a very bushy, beautiful plant, like, eventually. But for now, it's just going to look like it's been barbered. You just chop all the tips off. But one little addendum, remove the flowers in order to encourage roots. Excellent. So I have my job set for today. You do. It's fun, too. It's very rewarding. You can't go wrong. Okay. (laughs) So make sure your jar is nice and clean and clean water. Uh, You know, keep things as sterile as possible, and you'll be your guaranteed success. Thank you so much. Have fun with your geraniums there, Gail. (laughs) I did this a couple weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have a bit of a sordid past with geraniums because my... Sordid. I like that. Yeah. Well, my my grandmother was always big on geraniums. She's been gone now for the better part of a decade. She she was the big, big, big gardener in my life. Mm. Taught me a lot. And, And I was never keen on them in my younger years, but I become... I love them now. And yeah. I know she always loved them because she's, oh, they bloom all summer yeah. long. Just all summer long. She would keep pinching so them back. Simple. I do love them. And I love the lines of them. Well, there's so many different ones. There's some that are really very nice looking leaves. Like it's not just yeah. about the flowers. Some of them are variegated leaves. Yeah. And there's one called Vancouver, which I love because it's got a lime green edge on okay. the leaf and then a sort of a burgundy center. Oh. So it's, you know, it's just really cool. It's a very beautiful uh, geranium. And it also gets little red flowers. So. I think I want that geranium. Uh, yeah. Now. <laughs> just remember, it's called Vancouver. Look Vancouver. For that one. <laughs> I will. Okay. Well, we're not going to Vancouver right now, but we are going to Burlington now. We've got Connie on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Connie. Good morning. Happy Easter. Good morning. I have uh, containers on my balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're six large containers. And every year in the fall, I dump all the soil. And then in the spring, I start all with new soil. Um, I've heard that you can reuse that soil for two or three seasons. Is it better to start with fresh soil every spring? This is a great question. A really I love question. this question. I was going to say, you only only get rid of that soil if it's dirty. And what would make the soil <laughs> dirty? What would make the soil... Oh, I was only kidding, but there is... If... Okay, balconies are Will very controlled. Will the not build up in it over the winter? Yeah. No, not really. And, and it's not a bad thing anyway. If you had containers outside your house, inside of the house, and all the local cats thought your containers were a nice litter box, then you would dump the soil. Otherwise, I never dump the soil. And it's a lot of work. I don't know what you do, Connie. Like, you're up on a balcony, you, tra- you go up and down with old soil and up and down with new soil. It's a lot of soil transport. Which I wouldn't look forward to. So, so you can reuse it year after year then? You can. For, as things start to melt and thaw, which of course they're doing now, get in there with your little trowel, dig around in your containers, pull out all those old roots that are left over from last year's. Then you're going to need some fresh soil because it will have dropped. So you're going to have to add a bit, you know, an inch or whatever. Depends, bringing it up to, to where it should be at the lip. And I also use, and I like using a slow-release fertilizer a synthetic slow-release fertilizer in my pots. And it's, again, use that as we're planting. So we're not quite planting yet, but soon, you know, Burlington, if you've got a southern-facing balcony, it's probably very warm. Yeah, I do. Things grow quickly and all that warmth. Containers are all thawed out. They're well ahead of the ground. The ground is still cold, but our containers are thawed and warm. So, sure, I I would not dump it. It's just, it's expensive. It's a lot of money. It's expensive, and carrying those big bags up and down is getting... I don't, I know. 
<laughs> Not so, to mention all those poor people down below who's got the soil dumped on them. The dumping. You can imagine, right? Yeah. Connie's at the edge of the balcony. Oh, Connie's garden. Uh, here goes again. one container. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, heads up. Okay, oh, so I got five great. more. I'll just, uh, <laughs> this is the last year I'll buy some, then. Thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, you will buy some every year just because you will want to replenish. you want to freshen. And take a look. I mean, if there's anything weird going on in the soil, we can end salt build up like a white residue. Scrape that out. Um, green algae can grow if it's a really wet situation. But generally speaking, that soil can last for years and years. It's actually soilless, but that mix can last for years and years. Uh, One little bag is a lot easier than a great big bag. No question. Okay. okay, good for you. Okay, great. Thanks, Thank you. Great question. Thanks for that, Connie. Thank you. Okay, going to give out those numbers again. Uh, again, give us a call if you're anywhere in Toronto. This is the number, 416-360-0740. Or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. I think we just made, you know, we just saved some people from getting dirty hair. I know. Somebody's you know, going to, yeah. one of those soil manufacturers is going to start sending me poison yeah. pen letters. Hey, like, what? Yeah. We like what it when you, people yeah. buy new stuff every year. But it's, it is so expensive. And there's nothing wrong with the soil unless right. it's been contaminated. Right? I think some people feel, including myself, we wonder if it's been just so depleted. Frankly, it has absolutely no nutritional value at all to start with. It's just a medium. It's just a medium for roots to grow in and to hold moisture around the roots. Gotcha. It's peat-based, peat moss-based in okay. most cases. So it, it, you have to – that's one of the things about being a container gardener mm-hmm. is you must fertilize. It's dramatic, the difference. Like you can even do a test yourself. Two containers, same mix. You know, put some marigolds in, put whatever, same yeah. plants into each – Fertilize one regularly, as in eh, every month, with just the blue, you know, mix up the blue stuff in the watering can Mm -hmm. into one pot, but not the other. And you will see dramatically different look. You've got tons more flowers, tons more beautiful growth, just a way better looking container garden with consistent fertilizer. I am intrigued by that, and I think I will go and get the slow release that you mix mm-hmm. in your soil. That seems to me like a really good idea. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still a synthetic fertilizer, so it's not... It's What's good about it is for lazy people like me is I don't <laughs> have to consistently fertilize every four weeks and check my calendar. Yeah. Do it once. The, the slow-release fertilizer will release nutrient over a three- to four-month period. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so once. Yeah. You're, you're, plant, like, you're moistening your soil because it's dry you yeah. know, in the spring, whether you just bought it or it's last year's moistening. Um, and then you're reading your instructions on your slow-release fertilizer because yeah. you put in a different quantity depending on the size of the pot. Okay. So the bigger the pot, the more you put in. Uh, so you've got to have a sense of what, what size your pot is. Mix it just the top few inches with your little trowel. Plant your plants, water once, or you know, water thoroughly, and it's a moist medium to start, so you've watered to start, and uh, there you are. You don't need to ever fertilize again. You do oh, have to water. I do like that. Yeah, I really do yeah, like that. I, like I also it. like it when the phone lines are lighting up, which they are. <laughs> They're just lighting up like mad. Uh, here is, uh, we're going to Scarborough. All right. uh, Bob, welcome to the Garden Show, sir. Good morning. Morning. I have a question for you. I don't know whether it was you that told or mentioned it online or whether it was somebody else. It doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, it was about roses. I have teas in the back, and they're facing south, and I've had them for years. And uh, I always used to cut them down to about six inches and cover them, but uh, someone told me that if you just leave them upright, uh, it's probably over three or four feet, and uh, they'll grow, which they did for two years. They went up to almost six feet, and they bloomed lovely. But this year, they seem to be dead 
uh, like they're black or dark brown all the way down to the ground. Does that mean that they've been frozen out because of the variation in the weather? Um, probably not. Uh, but just to be clear, I would never recommend not pruning roses ever. Roses do need to be pruned at least once a year. Back when I went to university, we were learning rose care based on how they do it in the UK. And in the UK, they cut their roses down, their tea roses, down to about the, your knee, height of your knees in the fall. So it, knees in the fall, ankles in the spring. So two cuttings, two serious prunings. One is in the fall to your knees. The other is down right to your ankles. So two to three inches tall in the spring. I stopped doing the knees in the fall thing. I realized I didn't need to do that. Uh, unless the roses are interfering so that people can't get to your front door. Or, you know, I, I, back in Richmond Hill, I had a bunch of roses along my garage. So I always had to prune them back before Halloween because all the kids would come with their billowing costumes and they'd all get hung up in the roses. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You didn't really want to keep the kids. It was no, like, no, no. get out of my front walkway. But they were stuck in the roses. So I had to cut those back before for Halloween, but never dramatically, just enough so that people wouldn't get caught. In the spring, I always cut them right down. So you need to do that this year. Hopefully the root is still alive. It quite likely is. And they will come up from the root. But do a real, get at your loppers, put on your leather gauntlets, you know, get right down on your hands and knees. You're going to take every, the older canes uh, out and you're going to end up with, when you look down on those hybrid tea roses, it's going to look like an open hand, the palm of a hand with about five to six pencil-sized canes left growing to the outside of the center palm. Uh, and they should grow back. And you'll fertilize when you're doing all that too. So, What do you use for fertilizer? I use a rose food. I, just, I like a granular rose food, but you might prefer a, um, you know, a top dressing with compost, organic, uh, composted manure, that sort of thing. But I do find a rose food does give the balanced nutrition that uh, roses need. They're quite heavy feeders. I'll get my wife to do that. She's 30 years younger than I am. There you go. She'd she be good for that. Good for you, Bob. Okay, thanks for the question. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, tea ro- are tea roses typically really tiny or not? No. Floribundas are the little flowers right. in a bunch, in a spray. Okay. Yeah. So they're like sweetheart roses are the, are the floribundas. Hybrid teas are the traditional ones you oh. give for Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Big, tall buds, very tall buds, yeah. opening to single flowers, usually Knock your socks off. Yeah. Beautiful. I think I mentioned before to you, maybe it was off air, that we had a, an, the first home that my wife and I ever owned, which is going back you know, almost 25 years ago now, we had on our, I guess it was facing the south, beautiful, beautiful light pink floribunda that right. just went out of its, it just grew so fast and it gave such a beautiful showing. Wonderful. I miss that. It might have been a shrub rose. Yeah. So be. shrub roses aren't necessarily floribundas. I know there's quite a lot okay. of categories yeah, yeah, yeah. on roses. They are not hard to grow. They get such a bad reputation. So all you need is that south side, yeah. lots of sun. Don't be afraid to prune. If you're going to do your pruning, do it like now yeah. when they're still dormant. And a little either organic or synthetic food, and you're good. You don't have to touch them again until next spring, really. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have to dig up a picture. I'm sure I've got one in the file. Yeah. Uh, right now, though, let's go to St. Kitts. St. Catharines. Okay. I've got Trudy on the line. Uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Trudy. Yeah, thank you. Morning. morning. Good morning. I, you were talking about senior hedges this morning, and I have a question about mine. I moved into this home, and there's quite an old cedar hedge there. Like, the trunks are quite thick. Mm -hmm. They were cut square on the top. 
Now, I've read that if you do that, then the snow can go on it and mm-hmm. split it open. Mm-hmm. Should I slowly prune them so they're a little bit more rounded or pointed on top, or should it be okay? No, I, I agree. Do not leave a flat top ever on a hedge. It, it looks kind of cool, like it's you know out of a magazine with a flat top if it's done yeah. right. But as you point out, ice storm, snowstorm, layers right in there splits the, the plant open or causes damage, which never comes back. So, uh, okay. And you don't even need to do a, a slow process of rounding. What you'll do is when you go out and do some shearing, I yeah. would curve the top. Just curve off those square edges so that at least there's some shedding from the top down. And remember as well, with a, any hedge, particularly a cedar hedge, we want it wider at the bottom and narrower at the top as opposed okay. to the other way around. So you're always okay, going to be trimming it that way. Thank you for your advice. I appreciate okay. that. Yeah, thanks My for your pleasure. question there, Trudy. Yeah, great question. Yeah, this is the season, yes. Uh, I'm going to give those numbers out again. We would love for you to give us a call, 416-360-0740. That is the Toronto number, or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 740 We have to take a quick break, but we will be right back for more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio at Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin, and we are just darting all over the province this morning, as usual, we get calls from all over the province. It's nice. so delightful. And sometimes we get calls from the states. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right now, we're going to Woodstock. We have uh, we have Debbie on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Debbie. Good morning. Happy Easter to you all. Good morning. And you are a first-time caller. My yes, dear. I am. I listen, try and listen to your show every There you every go. Saturday. Got your garden wings. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Uh, my question is, I have a huge vegetable garden, probably about 30 by 75 foot. Wow. I do a lot of canning and whatnot. Mm. Um, I noticed this year that uh, a third of my garden has got a lot of green moss on top. What can I use to kill it or get rid of it? Um, okay, so the re- let's go back to why the moss grows there in the first place. Okay. M- moss, there's a couple conditions that moss loves, and that's when it grows. Number one, it likes consistent moisture so has it been a particular is it in a low area of your property where the water does tend to accumulate uh through the winter and the spring we will get moss number two shade the shadier it is the happier the moss is to grow so veg gardens we start our vegetable gardens out in the full sun but sometimes the trees get bigger and bigger and before you know it we don't have as much sun as we used to and number three ph the ph of the soil will contribute to or not contribute to the growth of any of the mosses. So I would probably do a soil test before I did anything. Okay. I Yeah, I know last year um, I had a very poor garden. Um, it rained quite a bit up here. Mm. And my garden is in full sun all day long. Um, but it over the years, I've been here almost 30 years, that the topsoil is kind of blowing away. Sure. And it's dropped down. So it does. A couple times last year I had a little bit of a lake at kind of like where the 
the moss is growing this year. So Yeah. So right away, you know that you're going to need to amend that garden soil. I mean, all of our soils, whether it's our lawns or our you know, vegetable gardens, ornamental gardens, the soil, if we have good quality soil, living soil, it's constantly disappearing because it's constantly decom- being decomposed. If it's consistent, soil should consist of up to 5% of it being made out of organic matter. So anything organic, whether it's dead bugs or coffee grounds, Organic matter should be a 5% minimum amount of your soil composition. Yeah, well, my garden is so large, so obviously mm. it would be too hard to put down three-way mix, and that's through the whole garden. So right. what I do, wherever I plant the row of vegetables, I usually add the three-way mix, um, some wood good. ashes to k- kind of kill. They say it's good for killing kind of grubs and whatnot. I'm very organic. Yeah. I don't use right. um, for chemicals yeah. or hep- uh, herbicides at mm. all. So... Um, that's what I try and do every year. Yeah. And then whatever I do have in my composter, then sure. I throw it in and rototill it in before I start planting the whole garden. So, Yeah, So, and I'm not a huge fan of rototilling because rototilling speeds up the decomposition of your organic matter because it spins the soil, gets the sunshine in there, warms everything up, and say bye-bye to whatever you've added in the way of compost, etc. It, it speeds up the biology when you rototill. It can also be detrimental to the structure of the soil. If you can avoid rototilling, that's a job you don't need to do. If you can bring in a truckload of composted manure in in lieu of the triple mix, just because it's going to be that much better, should have that much more organic in it, uh, use that as you're planting. Well, I, I also do. I do usually buy the uh, bags of uh, cattle. Mm-hmm. Or sheep manure, and also add it where my my vegetables yeah. go. But yeah, good idea. And don't hesitate. You could send in a soil test to one of the accredited labs, or do a simple at-home soil test with a little kit you can pick up at a garden center. Just okay, to, then. it helps. It helps us be more focused in what we add to our gardens and what we don't add. Like yeah. just something as simple as wood ashes. If you've been doing that consistently every single year, your potassium numbers could be right out of control because oh, okay. of the wood ashes, which is potassium, right? Which is potash. Okay. So that's a little test can really help you so you're not doing the wrong thing and okay then well thank you very much yeah okay yeah thanks Thanks good luck on that debbie okay then gotcha um she reminded me canning we talk about canning my goodness my grandmother used to always do canning it's not as in fashion i think the general public doesn't do it picked up in the last few years trust me whether it was the jam making or the peach canning or yeah sauce a lot of people make their own sauces right with their peppers there's a those men with their peppers who can grow the hottest pepper (laughs) yeah well and and i have very old because of my stained glass work that i used to do i have very Mm. old i have the old crown jars i have about 300 of them Oh, the nice. glass lids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which are not as in fashion anymore. But I mean, no. because they're Do not as. You need the new rubber stable. gizmos. Can you get you those? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you can get them. I have you a bunch. Be able but to. I've, I used to pick them up at farm auctions. Yeah, they yeah. deteriorate those mm-hmm. little rubber things. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The lids don't last. Uh, we're going to go to Hamilton now, my hometown. Yeah, I got Rosalie on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Rosalie. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about dormant oil spray for fruit trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, when's the time to do it? And I know that's the time you can and can't do it because of when it buds. But we've had so much rain anyway yeah. that it's kind of difficult to do it. And we have someone doing it for us. So I'm just trying to get some information as to when and not to, et cetera. How about today? 
<laughs> yeah, they don't work today. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> today would be a good day. So dormant spray, the, as you point out, trees must be dormant. Mm. Absolutely essential spray for our fruit trees, our crabapple trees, even our roses, any of the plants that are very specifically susceptible to particularly fungal diseases. Mm-hmm. Dormant spray, when sprayed, when the plants are dormant, this time of year, will, will help control both insects and diseases that are on the plants now mm-hmm. and have overwintered there. But you want the temperature to be above zero uh, consistently for the 24 hours after the spray takes place. Preferably you spray when it's not windy because there's nothing worse than wearing dormant oil mm-hmm. spray. Mm-hmm. It smells mm-hmm. like rotten eggs, right? It's mm-hmm. lime sulfur and the, the light mineral oil. So no wind, preferably, or low wind, above zero, and, um, and no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. Okay, so if it can't be done today, so within the next few weeks, or uh, you're in Hamilton, you probably your buds are swelling as we speak. Okay, so um, and you're absolutely right. Once those buds break, first it'll be little leaves, and shortly thereafter there'll be flowers. There's no spraying then, particularly okay. when the flowers are out. There's actually it's against the law to spray any fruit trees when in flower because you end up killing bees because the bees are active in our fruit trees. Right. Yeah, so. I think there's only like these little buds like for leaves on there. Yeah. Nothing is budded yet. So we exactly. still got about maybe a week window and after that, no. Yeah, I think you're right because it's not going to get suddenly super, you know, 30 degrees. Thank goodness. It looks like we're going to have a nice paste, cool spring, which gives us lots of time to get to all our different chores. So yeah, just okay. sometime if, soon. If we don't get it this week, I'll have to say we can't do it this year and wait till next year. Watch your temperatures and watch your trees, right? Okay. Eye, you do not want to spray them when there's any green showing in the buds. Like you want to catch them before those buds crack open. Okay, perfect. Okay, Thanks Thank very much so for the much. question, have Rosalie. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah, 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 have a great one. Uh, Gotta take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio at Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin. Yeah, what an interesting show. It's so fun to do this together. Yeah, face to face, even it with is. the plexiglass. <laughs> yeah, and 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 again, it's we are so fortunate that today's technology does allow, mm. especially with you know with the the pandemic and such, that we can do it in our locations. But as you are, as you say, it's very nice in to our be locations together. So guess what? Not next week. The ne- in three weeks from today, yes. I'll be. I should be broadcasting live and direct from somewhere in Mexico. Yeah. Hopefully that all and works out. And that's where it's good for you that we have this plexiglass, <laughs> because I would maybe just toss my pen at you. <laughs> You're going to be in I'll Mexico. I'll be working. It's not like just a holiday, yeah. trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, speaking of working, we have a caller on the line. We are going to Oshawa. Welcome to the Garden Show, Bill. Hello. Morning. Good morning. Uh, this is, I'm a first-time caller, by the oh, way. Oh, first-time caller. You are a first-time caller. Ooh, okay, exercise. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> Welcome. Oh, there you go, sir. Thank you. Uh, my problem is thistles. Oh. I have thistles on my lawn, mm-hmm. and they're blown in from my neighbor, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to get rid of them. Yeah, so these are the prickly thistles. You don't want to go out there on your bare feet? No. <laughs> thistles are so hard to get rid of. Um they blew in from your neighbor. Does your neighbor still have a lot of thistles? So even if you get rid of them, they're still going to keep blowing in? Yes, yeah, she's still got them. She's on her own. I don't like bottling up. Mm. There are laws on this. That's the thing. You could call the Oshawa 
somewhere municipal government they have a, a like a hotline you can call in what's happening is your neighbor is growing illegal weeds they're noxious weeds those weeds are impacting you and of course others not just you oh, and then yeah. before you know it the whole neighborhood is full of thistles i understand that you don't want to be mean to your neighbor but oh, God, your, no. but your neighbor needs to hire somebody to cut them down before they go to flower even if they aren't eliminated they cannot be allowed to go to flower she has big grown sons i don't know why well, there you go, yeah. Yeah, so it's, see, the flowers, then the seeds, and the seeds blow to people's yards. How do you get rid of them? Um, it's not easy. You can just keep cutting them down, <clears throat> eventually cutting them down to ground level. Eventually, the root will starve to death from, because there'll be no green on the plant, and eventually it can't survive without any photosynthesis. So you could take on your thistles on a daily basis, going out there with a whippersnipper and just cut them down right down to ground level. That's option one. Option two, bury them under a big plastic tarp and solarize them so that the hot sun will beat down and bake the plants so they will not uh, survive under the plastic. That's number two. It is a noxious weed. You are entitled or legally entitled to use a herbicide like Roundup on thistles, uh, which you would buy at your local you know, garden center home store, which is an option, but thistles have that they're so interesting. They're furry, right? They've got a, um, the the, the blade uh, blades of the epidermis of the plants have all these fine hairs. You spray on your Roundup or anything, and the hairs reject and and don't allow the Roundup to get right down oh, yeah. into the epidermis. So mm-hmm. they are really well evolved to not die. Your job will be to go out there with something like Roundup or a vinegar solution, but you're going to have to spray more than once. Spray on a hot, sunny day and be prepared to spray every couple of days. Uh, eventually they will die. Earlier, younger plants die faster than older old plants and uh, uh, you will be careful if you are using a spray to not spray the things you love because the spray will kill anything it touches. Yeah, I had a lawn care company for, I'm 94 mm-hmm. and I had a lawn care company for the last uh, my wife talked me about getting rid of it, stopped doing it. So anyway, they, they didn't do anything with it. I have broad leaves now, I have dandelions but I, I'll be able to get rid of them. Yeah, dig them up. Digging is always an option. I didn't suggest digging thistles because of the amount of root that thistles tend to have. But yes, digging is always an option when it comes I to unwanted. I tried them unwanted. last year. I, dig, I dug up a lot of them, but they came back again. Yeah, because... So I keep them cut. Thistles, believe it or not, can send roots like up to kilometers away. So they're really hard to kill by digging. But you know what? We have to go. Thank you so, so much for your call. Oh, thank and you very much. That's, I appreciate it. Good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, good luck with that, Bill. 94 years old, and he's yeah. worried about his thistles. I yeah, love he's it. he's listening to the garden show. There <laughs> oh, you man. go. I was wondering if his neighbor's Scottish, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe that's why they like and the thistles. And she's probably 94 as yeah. well. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Boy, good yeah. on them, eh? Yeah. Gardening. Being in, still in the home, the home thing. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of home, what you got the kids? You've got one of your kids home for Easter. Yeah, I picked up my our, our daughter from uh, from England. She was in England for uh, four months, and mm-hmm. so she's back. And uh, we missed we, her, I bet. We didn't did. See yeah, her it's since nice to have her before back before Christmas. And uh, we still have a son at university for a couple of weeks. He's got some final exams, and so right. we don't have them all home for Easter. But he was home for a couple of days. Dropped him back off at the university this morning before I came into the show. So I will be picking up my children uh, here in Toronto yep. after the show and taking them back to. 
to my oh, home nice. in the county. So we're, uh, as usual, we do the mixed. At Christmas, we call it Christmaka. Yeah. <laughs> this time of year, right. it's a Easter Passover feast. So, of course, you know, there's the, the matzah for the Passover yeah. people, and there's the turkey for me, and <laughs> all the stuffing. I love it. I love Easter. I love all these holidays. Yeah, I do, it's, too. It's going to be fun. And it's so great seeing so much coming up in the garden. Oh, all best. the where You said you've got uh, snowdrops. We have crocuses already coming yeah, up. Yeah, I have crocuses and so coming we have up those, too. and so uh, so a couple of them have started popping. But I I keep telling myself that you say that having a nice, cool, gradual spring is a benefit. It's a benefit. Oh, well, to us as gardeners, last year it got really hot. Very, we had a short spring. Everything went too fast. You just can't work that hard that fast. You, no. This is nice. We can go for a couple hours a day and just stay on it and enjoy the birds. I love the cardinal story. I've got more to talk to you about birds in the future because mm-hmm. I love supporting the birds. Thanks, Dean. Thank you. Have a happy Easter. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks to the great callers and Carlos can do without him. And happy Easter, happy Passover. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.